if my intimate relationship isn't taken care of, then it's going to be mediocre. And for me, I'm absolutely not here for mediocrity in any part of my life. So I want to nourish that. Hi, I'm Anna Olson, and you're listening to We're Not Kidding, a podcast devoted to sharing stories surrounding the child-free life. As a life coach, I'm passionate about helping women feel confident and empowered in their choice not to have children. And I believe that by sharing our stories, we help break the stigma. So let's dive in. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm really excited to bring you today's guest, who is a awesome person, plus a fellow podcaster as well. Um, I've been really enjoying getting to know Kagan. Oh, there we go. There's her name, Kagan Carey, <laughs> who I um, am loving her podcast, which she will share about during this episode. And also just um, getting to know her as a person has been really, really fun. Welcome, Kagan. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast today. No, thank you for having me, Anna. Uh, likewise, I'm loving getting to know you. You're such a positive ball of energy. So it's lovely to be in your presence. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Wow. So to start, I did let slip that you have a podcast. Um, <laughs> would you tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, who you are? Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, as you you say, I have a podcast. So I'm very passionate about prison reform, which is what my podcast is about. Passionate about well-being um, and people following a path that's true to them rather than what society expects of them. Passionate traveler, love to see the world, love to eat out. That's that's really me. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And I have found your podcast so interesting as someone who doesn't know much about the prison systems or think much about them. It has been so informative and really, really interesting. So thank you for putting it out there. No. I think it's really cool what you're doing. Thank you for enjoying it. I was uh, I wasn't sure I wasn't sure what the public would think of it. Um from research I've done, I thought the public didn't really think about prisons at all. So I put it out thinking that maybe nobody would listen to it, but it seems that people are enjoying it. So it's nice when I hear that people are. Good. I think it's a it's a much needed conversation. Yeah, definitely. And one to grow awareness around. So another thing about you that obviously, or maybe not obviously, but one thing about you that I know is that you are child-free as well. And I'd love to know, how did you come to that decision if it was a decision for you? So I am the youngest in my family and my siblings are all much older than me. So my next closest sibling is eight years older and my oldest sibling is actually 21 years older than me. Oh, wow. So I actually have a nephew older than me. So huh. from a very young age, I was around children because apart from the one who's closest in age to me, the rest of them have children. So when I was 10, 11, I was changing nappies. I was giving bottles to my nieces and nephews. So I just grew up knowing about children and how to handle them. And when I was really young, I think I wanted to have children. It wasn't a, a choice per se, but it was just that I think kids, you know, you get dolls and things and you just think that that's what you're supposed to do. So I remember vividly at one point wanting three children and then obviously nieces and nephews were around. And as I was getting older, I would see the negative aspects of parenthood that I found a lot of parents when they become parents they're like oh I didn't realize how difficult it would be but from a very young age I saw that I've seen my siblings in tears sometimes to my mom being like you need to look after them because I, I just I need out the house for an hour mm. and I've just seen the hardship that comes with parenthood and the vulnerability from my siblings so I think probably from about 13 14 so very young I was like oh I don't want to have children and that feeling has, just, I'm now 30, and that feeling has just gotten stronger all the time. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds like actually, as a child yourself, you did a lot of caretaking. And yes. Yeah. And not all the time, but yes, yeah, certainly enough that, you know, I, I was young enough and knew how to feed a baby and change their, their nappies and things, definitely. So clearly, there are your, your siblings many of them have kids. How have your parents responded to your decision not to have kids? So, well, I'll say my siblings, they've made jokes that I'll end up having about five or six kids. That's what they would say to me when I was young. They'd say, oh, you're, you're so adamant you don't want children. I bet you'll end up having more than all of us. And <laughs> as I say, the, the feelings just got stronger. 
So I don't think my parents were surprised. I've always said I don't want children. But then about 18 months ago, my partner had a vasectomy. And when I told my parents that he was going to, they were totally understanding. So we'd had the conversation before that I didn't want them. But obviously with my partner getting a vasectomy, it was much more permanent. And my mum, she was like, I totally understand. And just for the listeners, I promise my mum absolutely adores me and she's an amazing mum. But my mum said, if I can have my life over again, I'd probably not have them just because I'd like to see what it's like to not have children. Um, And my mum has said to me before, like, I'm quite envious of your life and the lifestyle that you get to live because you don't have children. And hat off to my mum because she has been a mum for over 50 years and she's still young. My mum's only 69 and she's a very young 69. So she she understands and says she wonders what it would be like to be child free and she would have maybe liked her life over again to do that. And my dad, so when he found out, he was like, are you sure you want to do that right now? It's very permanent. But he knows that I don't want children. And he said at the time, he said, you and your siblings are the best thing that's ever happened to me. He said, but I promise you, you're missing nothing by not having children. So that was very, not that I needed him to say that or my mum to be the way she was, but having my parents who I really respect and look up to tell me that one you're not missing anything by not having children and two that they would like to see what it would be like to not have children it just made me feel much stronger in my beliefs and the life I've chosen to live. Wow what incredible responses. It is incredible because they have loved being parents but they just say that the the stress that comes with consistently worrying about another person my dad says he would not wish that on anyone because as a parent you just worry for the rest of your life about another person, which he says is very difficult to deal with. Yeah. Wow. And it's so refreshing as someone who's child-free to hear that from people who've had kids. And just that level of honesty, I find so refreshing, so helpful. Um, I know, I think even before my husband and I decided to not have kids, he would make comments that he would be so anxious about having children. Like he would just worry about them all the time. And so, you know, then part of me would be like, well, maybe once we're have kids, it'll be different. But to hear that, no, probably not. Like that's really, really interesting. And I don't even know your parents, but I respect them so much for also just supporting you. I think it shows their level of, love to just and and this is what I wish I wish there were more examples of this and hopefully there are and hopefully there will be of just people really celebrating others for their choices and not projecting their own stuff onto them yeah it is amazing my parents are they are amazing people they're probably more like friends than parents because they are they're not the traditional parents of strict and putting their ideals or their lost dreams onto me they are genuinely my whole life they've just said as long as you do what you love and you work hard we'll be proud of you whatever you do so I am very lucky and I appreciate that a lot of people don't have that yeah. Especially with being child free, a lot of people do have parents that put their loss effectively, the loss of grandkids onto their children, which isn't fair. Wow, that's beautiful. And I'm glad that you do have that. So clearly your parents are supportive. Is there anyone in your life that hasn't or have you faced stigmas um, as a result of this decision? Yeah, definitely. I mean, some I won't name who, but somebody close to me when they found out that my partner was having a vasectomy said, well, that's a bit extreme, is it not? Mm. Um, and I, I understand maybe from, from their experience, having children is a thing that you have to do or for them, that might be the best thing in their life. And then I think not specific people, but certainly people um, almost don't take you seriously enough. And that really angers me where people will say to me, so do you have children? And I'll say, no, no, never going to have children. And they'll say, oh, you'll change your mind. Or, oh, you're only 30. People are having kids later now. You know, there's still plenty of time. And one thing I hate is people pretending that they know me or my life story. And nobody has the right to tell me or any other person how what's going to happen in their future. Because we'd never say to somebody who's pregnant, oh, you know, later on you'll change your mind and wish you never had children. We wouldn't say that. So it's not appropriate to do it the other way around either. Right. Yeah. It's wild how almost 
common it is for people to look at those who don't want kids and say those things. And, you know, if they step back and thought about what the reverse was, would see how inappropriate that is. And like you said, to to say things as if you know someone better than they know themselves or their future. And also, sometimes it's said in this way that's almost like, I wish, like, this is my wish I'm putting on you that you will change your mind. And it's like, who would look at a pregnant person and be like, I hope that you regret this later. Like, I hope. Exactly. It would not happen. No. Um, And it's the same when they say, I've had plenty of people say to me, when you have children. So I love to travel. Me and my partner love to travel. Many people have said to me, oh, travel now, because when you have children, you can't. And it just blows my mind that we still live in a society where people expect you to follow this made up path of what success is. And it's that tick box of, okay, have children. And I just, it's, they don't mean anything by it, but it just shows how tunnel vision they are, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good way to describe it as tunnel vision. I think also another stigma is that people think that because you don't want children, you don't like them. And I don't dislike children at all, but I definitely do not get the joy from them that other people seem to. You know, people yeah. say, see a child and I don't know, it just lights lights them up or, or anything. I absolutely do not get that when I see a child, but I definitely don't dislike them. And I, I just wish people would understand that, that just because I don't want children doesn't mean that I dislike them. I just don't want for at least 18 years to be solely responsible for raising another human being. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a big commitment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do think that there is, yeah, often that assumption that you don't like children because you wouldn't want them yourself. And I think that's also a very, I guess, going back to what you said earlier, it's very tunnel vision and a simple way to look at it. Like I think that there's more complexity here we can have. There's more to life, isn't there? I mean, yeah. for, for some people, of course, their children are, are their life. And I don't mean to offend anybody with my views. Yeah. But for me, there is much more to this one precious life than just raising smaller human beings. Yeah. And there can be different priorities. Yes. And that, I think, makes for a more vibrant world in some ways. Um, we shouldn't all want the same thing how boring if we all wanted exactly the same thing in life yeah exactly (laughs) along this thread of stigmas and the things people say are have you received a lot of bingos directly um oh yeah so definitely you'll change your mind when you have children you don't what is it you you don't know love you don't know real love until you have children you won't feel fulfilled until you have children I think those are those are the main ones that I get yeah really frustrating and I'm curious like who in your life are the ones sort of saying this are they people close to you it does it run the spectrum so this is what this is what angers me so much I think is because it's people who don't even know me that well it's you know in the past it would have been in old jobs random colleagues who I was just having a civil chat with you know in the office or whatever they would say it and I know they mean well or strangers you know I've been out for a coffee before and I quite like to chat with people so I'll just chat to strangers and women maybe in their 50s and things and they'll say it and there's no malice meant in it of course but it annoys me because when my own parents who know me best and have the right to maybe be a bit confront you know a bit um controversial they'd be the people who would have the most right to be. And they are so laid back that they never give me grief for my life choices. They just want me to be happy. So for strangers and old work colleagues to do that, I just find it quite offensive, to be honest. Yeah, and I'm sure like tiresome because it's interesting to hear clearly you you have, there's a level of compassion I'm getting where you're, you're saying like, it's not meant with malice. Like I understand mm-hmm. kind of understanding how people are conditioned and, and how tunnel vision they can be to just sort of throw out these comments and not really think about the impact. So hearing that compassion coming through from you, but also with every additional comment you receive, just like the level of frustration too, that like, why is it just so acceptable to say these things? and not think about what we're saying especially when not even for for myself but other people there are people out there who are desperate to have children so it is so inappropriate to say 
when you have children because I don't think people realize while I don't want children it's a a miracle that the human body can create that and not everybody has that option so I think they're just people just need to be much more compassionate for people who absolutely don't want children and people who are trying but can't have children as well yeah absolutely because for someone like myself it might just be like annoying to hear these things but for someone like that it's painful or yeah there's a whole maybe sense of loss or I don't know because I'm not in that position but there's also I'm, I'm not sure about you but somebody quite close to me actually said to me what are you and your partner going to talk about when you're 60 if you don't have children and my jaw hit the floor because to me If you're worrying about what you and your partner are going to talk about at 60, one, you are not with the right partner. And two, you do not have enough passions in life if you're going to be sitting twiddling your thumbs. And that kind of feeds into what other some other comments I've got where people have said, oh, enjoy your life now. And then you can have children in your 30s. And obviously I'm 30 now, but that's what I've received throughout my 20s. It's almost as though they're implying that the fun does stop when you have children, which I I do agree with. But also it's kind of like just trying to cram your life into such a a small time space. And I I don't like that either, to be honest. Yeah, that's such a good point too, that some of the things said sort of infer that parenthood, like you said, does sort of becomes a lot of work and not as much fun. And so, yeah, that whole idea of live now while you can and and then mm-hmm. have kids is, I believe that, that there are parents out there who having kids just brings more fulfillment to their life. It just takes it to the next level. Whereas for me, not having kids allows me to take my life to the next level by pursuing those other passions and interests that I have. And And I just would hope that we can get to a place where those opting into parenthood, it's because it will bring them more fulfillment and they don't have to cram life in. And maybe that's simplifying parenthood too much. I think it will always have its challenges, but so does any life path being child free, you know, also has its own set of challenges. So we shouldn't romanticize that too much either. Yeah. But I think there, I've certainly not experienced this myself, but I think some people who are child-free have definitely maybe their families and things expect them to do more or wonder oh you've got so much free time why are you not making more effort and I think some people do assume that because you don't have children you are just sitting twiddling your thumbs when as you say it's important to realize that just because you're child-free doesn't mean that your life's super easy either right right yeah what are the stigmas that you hope we can break down? So first of all, because I'm passionate about well-being, I really wish that parents could open up about how difficult parenthood can be. There's maybe parents out there who think that parenthood is an absolute joy and it's never hard. I don't know. They maybe exist. But from my experience of people I know who have had children, they make comments to me such as, oh, I'm just going to have to live my life vicariously through you now. Or oh, that's great that you're traveling. I wish I could do that, but I'm trapped now with children, literally using the word trapped. And I just think that certainly in my life, people will be quick enough to see the negatives about parenthood. Oh, I'm having trouble with X, Y, and Z. But then they'll very quickly say, but it's the best job in the world and I wouldn't change it for the world. And nobody's denying that. I, I do believe that when you have children, that mother nature kind of instinct we're supposed to have children biologically. I think that parents, the love that they feel for their kids are overwhelming. And I think it has to be because in my opinion, it's such a sacrifice that you have to love your kids unconditionally because it can be so hard. So I think that they don't want to admit too much that it is difficult because I think there's a lot of stigma that comes for parents and I do feel really sorry for them in that aspect. I think that parents should feel comfortable saying this isn't all sunshine and roses it's actually very difficult and just kind of leave it at that and not feel like they have to end it with but it's the best job in the world and I wouldn't change it because I feel like they almost think that they're a bad parent if they admit that Mm. when actually I'm certainly not judging them and I'm sure many other people aren't judging them either for feeling that way right I agree and I think that having more honest open conversations all around to help remove any shame or even internalized judgment 
and stigma, I think helps everyone, parent, child-free, childless, like across the board, on the fence, wherever, like these more open, honest conversations will benefit everyone and allow us to connect. Because I find it so interesting that sometimes these conversations, it feels like there's boxes, right? You're child-free, you're childless, you're a parent, or you're undecided. But I think that there's so much nuance in all of those boxes. They're not boxes. I think that even as a child-free person myself, sometimes there's those moments of wonder of what is the other path like, and that's okay. Like just to sort of not feel like because we've chosen one path, we can't talk about the others or we can't, I don't know, that we have to like show up a certain way, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because I think that that create, that's where like some of the shame and the, and the silence and the isolation can grow in all of these places. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that, as you say, there are plenty of people who don't have children who do sometimes wonder what it would be like to have children. So why would people with children not wonder what would my life be like without them? And that's not for a minute suggesting that you don't love your children. And I don't imagine anybody would think that. I th- I don't think there's a person out there that would genuinely think you don't love your children just because you think, what would it be like? Or you're having such a hard day with them that you do wish for your old life back. And I just wish that we could open those communications because I personally have seen friends and things who have children. It isn't all roses, but they're putting on a, a bright, happy face because they feel like they have to. And I think society is to blame for that, where we don't allow parents to be open and honest about the fact that it can be a struggle because we all know it. You know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see parents raising children and know that it looks difficult. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we've also been children in households with parents. So like, even if you're child free, you have some window in. (laughs) Absolutely. From your own experience. Maybe this is another reason I don't want them. But as a toddler, I was apparently an absolute nightmare, absolute nightmare. So maybe that's why too, because I think, <laughs> oh, I would not want to raise a miniature me. So. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> from our own histories, <laughs> we can see how difficult parenthood was just based on how we were as kids. Definitely. <laughs> but I think there's also the, the other side of the, the stigma that we need to stop as well. And that is that people who are child-free aren't fulfilled in life Mm. because I think that a lot of people say that their children is now their purpose in life and I've heard a lot of people say that their children changed them for the better and their life began the day their children were born and I absolutely don't doubt that some people feel that way and I'm not taking that away from them but I also believe that you can live an extremely fulfilled life and a purposeful life by not having children. And I feel like some people don't believe that. Mm, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, there's kind of that idea that being child free is an empty life, a very materialistic life. And I don't personally feel that that's true for me. And yeah, I think that when you make a choice that's aligned for you, whether that's parenthood or being child free in the context of this conversation that your path to fulfillment is just different like it doesn't mean that one is more fulfilling than the other it's just you have different priorities you have different interests and you have different possibilities given your situation so yeah, yeah absolutely i think that's a really good point and a really important part of the conversation yeah and just different goals as as you say yeah. you just um what is fulfillment to one person is completely different to what it is to another. Just like what brings me fulfillment might be different than what brings you fulfillment. So of course, every every human's different. Exactly. And thinking back to your parents who seem to have the ability to celebrate that difference in, in you and in, I'm sure that that's probably how they view a lot of people. It sounds like they have that way of, of being. And I think that that is so important is just uh, celebrating who we are and and not all being the same yeah absolutely 
Hey listener, I have an ambitious goal and I can't really do it without you. I'm working to create a global network of child-free people and I have benefited so much from connecting with you and other child-free individuals around the world through this podcast and also through Instagram. I want you all to get to benefit from similar connections, which is why I started We're Not Kidding the Club. It's a free community, private from trolls and bots and other social media platforms, and just a dedicated space to come together as child-free people across the world, network, build relationships, and celebrate all that this child-free life has to offer. So if you're up for helping me, I'd love for you to be a part of the community because it can't be a global network without you in it. If you're curious and want to check it out, head to wnk club.com. One more time, wnk-club.com. Can't wait to see you in the club. What has being child-free allowed for in your life? So lots of variety. So my driving human need is variety. So that is what brings me the most fulfillment. And one of my core values is freedom. So I really dislike the thought of raising children. I know you can homeschool them and take them to different schools and things, but I really dislike the thought of for, well, they're five when they go to school. So for 13 years until they're 18 or whatever, the fact that you have to be at a certain place, then learning at this time till this time, five days a week. So for me, it's just being able to, at the drop of a hat, go and do something quite wild. Like last year, my partner and I, with two weeks notice, put our house up for rent and moved to a different country. So we moved to Spain from the United Kingdom last year, just with two weeks notice, because we were like, oh, we just want a different lifestyle. Wow. And you could not do that with children. And then this summer, so just in July, I think with two and a half weeks notice, we decided to go for a month to Bangkok, Bali and Kuala Lumpur. And yes, you could take children with you, I'm sure, but I don't even think it was in the school holidays. I think it was in school time. And even if you did take them, you know, we were doing a lot of adventuring. We were at spa resorts and things and it would just not be a place where I would want, you wouldn't feel relaxed and you wouldn't be able to explore the same as if you had children. And then just last minute going out for dinner, sometimes on a a Tuesday, we'll book a trip away to a different um, city in Europe on the Friday or something, which again, you might need to find a babysitter or, or take them with you. And just living what we feel are big lives so outside of our full-time employment I obviously do my podcast we have a well-being magazine together that sometimes we're working on until 11 12 o'clock at night I think again you'd have to feed a child and everything earlier bath it put it to bed it allows us to go to the gym at different times it just I don't know it just makes your life so much easier and I don't mean easy because I think that feeds into the narrative of the fact that being child-free is easy I think that a well-lived life is a disciplined life. I think that if you take the easy road out, you're never going to feel purposeful or fulfilled. But I mean easy in terms of, I think it would be very hard to do the things I'm doing with children. Not impossible, of course, but something would have to suffer. And I feel like I'm at a point in my life where everything is very well curated and I'm only doing things that bring me complete and utter joy. So I want to put all my energy into them. And if I was putting a lot of energy into children, I wouldn't be able to give as much to my podcast, my health, my relationship, and the well-being magazine on the side and things. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so cool that you guys lived in Spain and put like two weeks that, yeah, even I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I could do <laughs> that. But last minute, I'm not sure I should. Uh, I wouldn't I, recommend it. <laughs> no, I love it. Like, I think that that's really cool. And you know, hearing the things that you're passionate about and the things that you're doing with your time and with your life. You have a wellness magazine, you have a podcast, you're putting so much out into the world. And correct me if I'm wrong, is the wellness magazine free? Yeah. And the podcast is free? Yes. I feel like that's just so generous. Like it totally goes against those stigmas of empty, kind of shallow, that child-free picture. Yeah, that some and people I, that's, that's the thing. I, I just don't buy into the whole, I've never, nobody's ever said it to me, but the whole thing around if you don't have children, you're selfish. Mm. Because yes, I am selfish in terms of I will put myself first. I will nourish my 
body and mind with positive things. I will exercise. I will prioritize my relationship with my partner because first of all, for myself, if, I, if my body and mind isn't taken care of, then I'm not going to be the best version of myself. If my intimate relationship isn't taken care of, then it's going to be mediocre. And for me, I'm absolutely not here for mediocrity in any part of my life. So I want to nourish that. And yeah, as you see with the Wellbeing Magazine and the podcast, they are free. And I also have, well, so does my partner together. We have big visions of giving back financially to a lot of causes that matter to us. So there are a few health causes that are close to our hearts. We adore dogs and it breaks our heart the way some of them are treated. So we give back to charities like that. And I just do not buy into this concept that you're selfish if you don't have children, because when you're a parent, most of your time goes into raising that child. And probably you have little time for other things, although there are some superhumans out there who manage to have <laughs> lots of things going on while being a parent. But for me, anyway, I feel like I'm doing my bit for the world. Yes, I'm not procreating, but I feel like we already have too many people in the world. And I laugh and joke that I know some people who have got five children, so they've had more than enough kids for me. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't need to <laughs> I don't need to help because someone else has done that for me. But for me it then allows me to give back in other ways, just because I've not had a child, but I am giving back to other other things so I do not buy into the thing that people without children are selfish yeah absolutely and you're such an example of the opposite I think thank you yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) this I think kind of ties in especially given you know speaking of those passion projects that you have and things that you care about what does purpose mean to you so purpose for me is the unique gifts you were given and that you're on this this earth to to give, if that makes sense. So for me, my purpose, for example, is to improve our prison systems and improve people's well-being and encourage them to live a life that lights them up rather than one that society expects of them. And I feel like everybody has a purpose. I feel like each of us were given unique gifts. That's why we're here. And we have unique gifts to contribute to the world in some way. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's Don't know if that's beautiful. answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know if you wouldn't mind speaking to this a little bit more. How did you become so passionate about prison systems to begin with? So I've always wanted to work in the criminal justice system since I was young. That's all I've wanted to do. And I wanted to be a police officer. But as I got older, I realized I wanted to give 110% whatever I did. And I didn't like the idea of being in a hierarchical system where you didn't really have much of a life because your days off could be cancelled at last minute, mandatory overtime. And I just didn't think you could make the impact that I really wanted to make. There are plenty of police officers out there making big impacts, but I just felt like that's as a collective and it would depend where you were promoted and things about the impact that you could actually make. And I was studying at university back in, I went to university back in 2010 and I was doing a policing degree. So I still wanted to join the police at this point. And in my third year, we got a module on prisons. So it was called Penal Institutions. And that's the first time I really became aware of prisons. I'd never really thought about them before that. And then in fourth year, we were doing our dissertations and my supervisor had actually said to me, because I was doing well in the penal institutions module, do you want to do your dissertation on prisons? So I was like, oh, sure, why not? So I started looking at prisons in Scotland. And as I started diving into the literature and things, I just became so passionate about it. And at school, I was just kind of average across the board. There was nothing apart from PE. There was nothing that really like grabbed my attention the way prisons did. It was the first time in my life where I felt like I was actually really good at something. So I did my dissertation and then the passion just kind of grew. And a side note, I'm very claustrophobic and suffer really badly with claustrophobia. And I'm also a massive empath and feel like I can almost feel other people's pain and happiness sometimes. So I just felt that I just couldn't believe that across the world we had prison systems that were so inhumane, not just for the people who live there, but the impact on the people who work there too and their well-being. And I just thought, why is more not being done about this? So then I did my master's degree in prison officer training and it's just kind of grown from there. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you. I just love that backstory too of how it it's sort of something you stumbled onto um yeah. and have just not lost the passion for either. Like it has what is this would be 12 years later then? Yeah. 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 Wow. 
it's funny. It's one of those things I, I talk to other people in the prison reform space and we laugh and say that it's a difficult passion to have because you, I'm sure other passions are the same, but you feel like you're banging your head against a brick wall sometimes because it can be a very difficult space to be in. It takes a long time for changes to be made and then changes can happen and all it takes is a different government to come in with different initiatives and then it can undo a lot of years of, of work. So it's a good thing you have passion in prison reform because if you didn't have passion, I think you'd struggle to stay around. <laughs> True. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see how it could be a very frustrating path. Um, with a lot of obstacles and things to navigate and change can be slow, especially when it's, it seems like sometimes in the most needed areas. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the problem is a lot of people feel that it isn't needed because a lot of people look at people in prison and believe that they deserve to be punished. And, oh, if I had money for every time somebody said to me, but if, you know, if that was your family that were harmed, like how how could you possibly promote more humane prisons? And I do get it. All of us have revenge inside us, that element, if, if somebody you love gets hurt. But we, we need to think past ourselves and think of society as a whole and just think that if people are treated better in prison then they'll behave better when they come out and same with prison officers the people don't often think about them but they're at much higher risk of PTSD suicide divorce heart problems because of the stressful work that they do wow yeah that is really sobering to hear yeah bad yeah yeah thank you for sharing that and what for the podcast for reform like what are the changes you hope to see So I want prison officers to be professionalised. So like other people in, like teachers, for example, they obviously have a code of conduct that they need to abide by, professional codes. I want prison officers to have professional codes that they abide by. I want them to have much longer training and much more training on rehabilitation because a lot of it's just on security. I want them to be much more vigorously vetted as to why they want to be a prison officer because it's such an influential position in society and it's a tough job like why do you want to do that there are people in there who are locked up suffering they are some of the most violent people in society why do you want to do that work do you want to do it because you want to help them rather than because you were maybe I'm not saying this is for a prison officer, but maybe because you were bullied at school and you now want the power. I'm just saying because in jobs like that, you can get people like that. And one person like that can be so dangerous, never mind multiple. So I want that to happen. I also want our prisons to be much more open on the inside. Um, There's prisons in Norway, for example, high security prisons where, yes, there's the gates and they can't get out of the prison. But why on earth are we locking them in tiny cells without door handles? I just think it's unbelievably inhumane. They, They should be staying in rooms where they can leave. They should They shouldn't be getting three showers a week. They should be getting a shower every single day. They should be getting exercise, fresh air every day, adequate nutrition, Mm -hmm. adequate education. So I want them to be holistic centers of growth and transformation rather than punishment. Oh, I love that. That so right there, that phrase, way to go. holistic centers of change and transformation. Was that yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, growth and transformation. Growth and transformation. transformation. Yeah, yeah. Like what a radical, well, I think a much needed way to look at it. I feel like from what I understand is that currently the sort of punishment style systems that we have, just a lot of people or some people come back out, but then go back in because- nothing really changed for them. Yeah. And they can, I've heard many people call prison a school of crime or a university of crime because you learn to be a better criminal in prison. Nine times out of 10, you aren't rehabilitated. You're you're taught to be a better criminal. So then you come out and some of them then get into worse crimes, more violent crimes. Some people, I've actually had a GP tell me that one of her patients was not on drugs ever, went into prison for a petty crime and came out a drug addict. Oh, wow. So I, I just think prison punishes people who are already marginalized in society. I'm not taking away from the crime because there is no excuse for, for crime. Yeah. But so I used to work in, in a court and I have seen people come into court and be sentenced to prison because they've gone to a police station in winter, smashed a police car window 
so that they could be put into prison just so they have somewhere warm to sleep and food to eat. And I get that that's a much bigger social justice issue, especially in the UK. We have horrendous levels of poverty, drugs and things. It's very sad. But prison does often make people worse criminals. And no wonder people are terrified. You know, it's it's a very violent place. People are scared in prison. People, I don't know, some of them take drugs because they have nothing else to do all day. And then they get you know, there will be people in prison who'll offer them drugs for free and then they'll then be indebted to that person and then they might commit crime to pay that person back. And of course we need to punish them, but I just think that punishment stops at the gate. The punishment is loss of liberty and then mm. everything else needs to be better in prison. But I understand it's a controversial subject because some people say, well, where's the where's the deterrent if we're treating them well in prison so I get that we need to we need to improve the outside world so that they have something to lose because a lot of people who are in prison are so hard done by that they don't have much to lose but certainly it's a deterrent for me I mean there's a governor in Norway he's now a senior advisor for the correctional service but he was a governor of a prison called Bastoy prison so if anybody's interested in prisons look up Bastoy because it's incredible he did a TED talk and he said that you could put somebody in the nicest hotel room in the world a big suite they can get room service they will still get bored and they will still go stir crazy if they don't get to leave that hotel room whenever they want. And it's true. We just need to look at COVID. We were lucky that we got to leave our houses, but we were, I mean, I I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was quite a nice time to just like get clear on what I wanted from life. But a lot of people were going crazy being in their house. And that gives you a tiny taster of the fact that if prisons are better, more humane places, they're still going to be places of punishment. We don't need to treat them worse than animals for them to be punished. Mm, yeah. Wow. It's really eye-opening as, for me as someone who isn't really immersed in, in this. And it makes so much sense. And I, and I loved what you said about we need to improve the outside world too. And, and how awful that some people feel like they have no other choice but to commit a crime to find safety in a prison. Exactly. How sad is, is your life that you want to be in prison? And some people, when they get out of prison, they're so institutionalized. I, I don't know if that's a, a common word, but it's just that they're so ingrained into the prison's regime that when they come out of the prison, they're scared. People admit that they are terrified coming out of prison because some of them, they don't even know how to wash their clothes or make dinner because they are so institutionalized in our prisons. Whereas in some prisons in Norway, they live in houses and they make their own meals. They have to do their own washing and things. And it should be like that. Prison, so they have the principle of normality in Norway, which means that prison life should resemble the outside world as much as possible. And I think we need that worldwide because these people, a lot of them aren't the same as us. They've not been taught basic skills because of the upbringing they've had. So prison should be helping them with that. It shouldn't be institutionalizing them to the point that they're absolutely terrified of leaving prison because mm. then they will just commit another crime sometimes to go back inside. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for the work that you do. I think it's so impressive and oh, inspiring. Really and I'm curious to know, so this has definitely been something like a passion of yours. And as you've said, because of being child-free has allowed you to also like do a podcast and create the wellness magazine, which maybe isn't as directly tied, but I'm sure that there are threads that intersect because wellness, I think is definitely something you're speaking here into the rehabilitation and treating people humanely and people's overall, not happiness, but life satisfaction and ability to live a good life. So I, I think that's really cool just to sort of see this passion and then also how being child-free has allowed these other things to come forth. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but. No, I think you're right. I have, um, so yeah, they are linked first of all. So some of the wellbeing magazines are in prisons for staff and the passion kind of came because I'm so passionate about people having a happy life. I just think that this life is so precious. I'm genuinely so grateful for my life and we are all so lucky to be here that I want people to live a life that that fills them up. So that's where my passion came from. And then it's in prisons for staff. And then my partner used to be a police officer and he is a mental health first aider and he was also a suicide negotiator in the police. So he's dealt with a lot of mental health stuff. Oh, wow. So that's where combined our passions have come from, where he's seen a lot of suffering 
I haven't, but I can see it from people I speak to in the prison service. That's where the combined passions come from for the wellness magazine. And yet, if I had children, I do not believe for a minute I could do this because I feel like having a full-time job, the podcast, a well-being magazine, keeping up with my partner and people who matter to me, exercising, eating healthy, reading because it's so important to me to learn. Yeah, that that's already so much that there's, I don't believe if I had children, I could be doing half the things that I'm doing. And if parents are doing that much, I take my hat off to them Yeah. in order for me to also make sure that my cup is full and I have enough energy. I don't, I genuinely could not add a child into the mix there. Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of your partner, how has being child-free impacted your relationship with your partner? So this, again, might be controversial. I don't mean to offend anybody, but I just feel like when you have children, your intimate relationship suffers enormously. And I just feel like your intimate relationship is the most important relationship you have in your life. I mean, you're the average of the people you spend most time with. So it's so important to have a partner who supports you, supports your dreams, helps you achieve them. You help them achieve their dreams. And for us, I really... I really don't like superficial conversation relationships. I'm, I really like deep conversations and really getting to know people. I'd rather know less people but well than have a whole host of acquaintances. And for us, it means that we can nurture our relationship persistently. And people are always changing or we should always be changing and growing. That just because you knew your partner last year doesn't mean you know them this year if you're not keeping up with that. So it's always getting to know what's going on for them. What are they what are they enjoying right now? What are they learning right now? It's just allowed us to be each other's best friends, each other's rock soulmates, but also to just spend so much quality time together. Because I actually have people in my life who have said that now that they have children, them and their partner have nothing to talk about outside the child. Mm. And that absolutely breaks my heart because your intimate relationship is the most important relationship in your life. That child would not exist if it wasn't for the love of you and your partner. So why are you putting that second? And Mm. I also just feel that too many people say that when their kids grow up, them and their partner realize that they have nothing in common anymore. And I think it's because it's been neglected. So it just allows me, I'm so, so grateful for my relationship with my partner. I feel like we have an incredible relationship that would not be possible, not even remotely possible if we had a child in the mix. Mm. Yeah, I think there's so much uh, in what what all you just said there. I believe I first heard this idea from Esther Perel. She's like a relationship therapist expert. You can have like 10 marriages with one person, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's that idea that we do change and sort of, I know that sometimes we can see change as scary and it's like, no, I want you to be the person that I know you are right now. And like, how am I supposed to build a life with you if you change? But like you're saying, I think that it's something that can be really beautifully embraced if you do prioritize that relationship the way that you're expressing and describing. And I definitely feel like in my own intimate relationship, like my husband and I have definitely changed a lot. And some of, you know, there were growing pains, but staying connected through it all and learning to communicate through it all like it just seems to be like getting better and better like learning to hold space for someone to change and also change yourself and it not be a threat to the relationship but like an asset to it is a really cool place to get to absolutely and that's it the growing together as well like when it's just the two of you you can grow together And as you say, you're holding space for that person while they're growing. And I just feel like you can both grow if you don't have children. Now, I'm sure there are parents out there that are both growing, but I feel like with us, nobody's having to compromise. It's not, okay, I'll look after the kid while you go and work on your, I don't know, you go to the gym or you learn this or you do this personal development course and I'll look after the kids and there's none of that compromise we can both do it at the same time like my partner and I love to do like personal development courses together so we can work on that together and nobody's Mm. compromising by having to look after a child and I don't know I, I take my hat off to some parents because I think if it was me I think there would be some resentment there I think there is resentment in a lot of relationships with children and that impacts your relationship too because 
one of you might be getting a lot more free time to do what matters to you while the other isn't. And I think it would be very, very difficult to to navigate a, navigate a, an intimate relationship while also raising children. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And again, hats off to all those who do it and and make it work. Yeah. (laughs) Superheroes. (laughs) What is a message that you'd like to put out into the world? Just that I think it's important to embrace the life that you want to live and make sure that you allow other people to live the life they want to live. Don't judge people because they want to have children. Don't judge people because they don't want to. There's nothing wrong with people who don't want children. We just have much different, we just have a much different vision for our life than, than they do. We just have different goals and aspirations and we don't think we're better than them and I, they're not better than us. We're all equals who are doing good in the world, but there just needs to be much less judgment on both sides, I think. Yeah, I love that. And Is there anything else as we wrap up that you'd like to uh, say to the listeners? Probably just that they can, so the Wellbeing Magazine I was talking about, they can get a free copy on my website. So it's riseofhappiness.com. So they can get a free digital copy there. There's stories about people on their own mental health journey, people who have left jobs that their parents wanted them to do to now follow their passions. Mm. There's some tips from doctors, nutritionists, And it's released every four months. So the next issue will be out in December, but they can get the current issue on the website. They can download a copy of it if they like, and it's totally free. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And also if anyone wants to listen to your podcast, how can they find it? So it's called Evolving Prisons and it's on Anchor, Spotify and Apple. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And then for anyone who wants to connect with you directly, I will share your handles and contact information in the show notes along with the website for the magazine and uh, your podcast. Amazing. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for your passion. It's very inspiring to talk to you and to listen to you. And thanks for for coming on and sharing your story here on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for what you do, because I honestly thought I was alone in my journey of never having children. And what you do has allowed me to meet you, which I'm so grateful for. And just hear stories of people on similar journeys. So thank you for showing people that there is another way in life without having children. Oh, thank you. That means the world. Yeah. And I'm so grateful that I got to meet you as well as a result of this. So yeah. Thank you. (laughs) But we'll definitely need to keep in touch for sure. (laughs) Yes, please. I'll catch you next time.